The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when his blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in his precious blood, my sin too. Matthew chapter 5 begins what was been called the Sermon on the Mount. The greatest preacher gives one of the greatest sermons of all time. Here, at the beginning of the sermon, Jesus gives instruction of how we as Christians really should live. Beatitudes are the attitudes, the actions that we as believers should have. Those of us who choose to live like Christians, we live our lives blessed. Blessed. Blissful, the word means, actually. The summation of the first Beatitudes is seen in the eighth Beatitude in verses 10 through 12. To the degree that you and I live, the first seven is to the degree that you and I will experience the eighth. And that's the two verses, that I really, three verses I really want to focus on this morning. You see, folks, you can have Jesus Christ in your heart, but still have trouble in your life. It's not always going to be easy for us. So what are we going to talk about this morning? What do we understand about persecution from these verses? Because I believe the days to come, if Jesus tarries, does not tarry, that we will be under persecution. I think we're seeing it already. I think we see the signs of it already in our lives. I mean, folks, if we're arguing about which bathroom to go to, we're in some trouble in the United States of America. And if they can do that in some places, It won't be long they'll be telling us what to do here, in this place. So how are we going to live? How do we react to persecution? Well, first of all, this morning we see the reality of the persecuted. The reality of the persecuted. Why are we who know Jesus Christ and try to live for him persecuted? Why? Well, we see it in verse number 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, sometimes we go through trouble because of our sin, right? When we choose to sin, trouble comes. We know that. And sometimes because we live in a sinful world, uh, other folks do things to us because uh, they struggle. And because of their sin, it affects us, right? You ever been affected by somebody else's sin? You got neighbors? Are you married? You have loved ones? Hey, sometimes their lives affect our lives, right? But there's times in our lives, hopefully, when we stand up for righteousness' sake. When we make a decision, a conscious decision, that I am going to do right. And I hope and pray that everybody in this this room has made that decision in their lives. Because you'll want to waver. Because this world is in flux. It's always wanting to change. And the reality is the church is too. The church, the world is here, and sometimes we don't follow very far behind, unfortunately. If you were to go to a service to an independent Baptist church about 40 or 50 years ago, it would be a little bit different than the service you're in this morning. Some difference. 
What I'm saying to you folks, we have to stay focused on God and make a decision. We're going to stay doing what he wants us to do in our lives. For righteousness' sake, when we decide to follow God and the word of God, sometimes we're going to suffer it for it. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Doesn't sound very iffy to me, do you? Shall suffer persecution? Jesus said in John 16.33, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So, in this life, we're going to go through periods, seasons, times of difficulty. I don't believe it's the whole time, but I believe there are times. And I believe we're going into a time, my own opinion, where we're going to have more trouble standing up for what's right because of the world in which we live in. We know this world is under the authority of the prince of the power of the air. I believe he knows his days are drawing nigh to the end. And he's fighting harder and more fierce than he ever has because realizing his time is coming to an end. Because of that, you and I are going to stand for what's right. You see, folks, it's, that, it's been that way in the past as well. During the time of history called the Dark Ages, I've been reading a book by the, called The Trail of Blood by a man by, named J.M. Carroll. The, the history of the Baptists, actually in those days, in the Dark Ages, they were called Anabaptists. They stood against the heresy of infant baptism. There was a false teaching that taught if your infant, your baby, was baptized, they were guaranteed heaven. Well, folks, I've studied this book a little bit, and I can tell you that's not true. They stood against that. And because of that, over a course of about 13 centuries, 50 million Baptists were killed. Because they stood up and said, what you're teaching is wrong. The Bible says this. This is right. And folks, that's been going on throughout the, through the history of the world. It started with Cain and Abel in the Bible and ended with John. And it's going to continue to happen. That folks suffer for the name of Christ. Philippians 1.29, For unto you is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Thomas Watson, the Puritan, once wrote, Though they be ever so meek, merciful, pure in heart, their piety will not shield them from suffering. They must hang their harp on the willows and take up the cross. He writes, the way of heaven is by way of thorns and blood. Set it down as a maxim. If you choose to follow Christ, you will see the swords and staves. Put the cross, he wrote, in your creed. When you and I stand for the Bible and not swayed by the culture, we'll be persecuted at times. When you obey the scriptures and say, this is thus saith the Lord, and not go by your feelings, which change and fluctuate, or follow circumstances, you will suffer for it. Well, who will persecute you, you may say. Who will persecute me if I stand up for, for what's right? Well, it usually starts at home, right? With relationships. Jesus talked about it, Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. He said, think not that I've come to send peace on earth. I came to send, I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and, his, and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. See that? 
and a man's foes shall be of they of his own household. Wow, you see how they're going to be persecuted? In my own house? In my own home? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for you wives and for you husbands who may have an unbelieving husband or wife who stick by the stuff and come to church. Who decide, I'm going to do right no matter what happens. I'm going to do right. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to follow the Bible. Thank God for you parents or grandparents who have unbelieving children or children who decide, and they must decide because kids are not robots. Each person has to decide to choose Jesus Christ. Good environment, good preaching, good school, good everything. Everyone must choose Jesus for themselves. I can't, I can't birth someone saved. My son and my daughter have to choose Jesus for themselves and thank God they have. The Bible says, He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's what Jesus said. Jonathan Edwards had some resolves. His first one said, wrote, he wrote, I will live for God. His second resolves said, if no one else does, I still will. Have you chosen to live for God? You say, my husband, my wife, my father, my mother, my brother, my children, they're not living for God. You still do. I'm not in this because somebody else is in this. I'm in this because I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ someday. And Jesus Christ died for my sins. My loyalty is to Him first and foremost. I don't know what the world is going to do. This thing's changing all the time. I don't know what people are going to do. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. But I want to do one thing. I want to, I want to stand before God someday and He say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank God He didn't say perfect, because I'm not. But each one of us can say, well, we, we, can, we can strive and ask God, help me be good. And help me to be faithful to the task you give me. At work, you will go through. If you, if you show up on time, if you do right, you, do, you, you work hard, you don't belittle your boss all day long, man, you'll, you'll get persecuted. Before I came here, I worked at UPS. There was a man there who was faithful, 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 faithful. Just did his job. All he, his job was every day to... To, to fuel up those little brown vehicles you see riding around. That's his job. He was faithful. He was a Christian. He did his work. They didn't say anything negative about his bosses. His supervisor was, 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 saw me sometimes, encouraged me in the faith. One day I was looking in the bookstore and I saw his name, Dr. What? That guy, that guy who I see gassing up vehicles every night is a doctor and he's right? He writes? Encourage me in the Lord. Stay faithful at your work. Oh, maybe may belittle you. They may say, oh, you're good at two shoes. Why don't you come and hang out with the boys afterward and have a few drinks? Say, no, I'm going home to my wife. Say, hey, come over here. No, 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 do right. Make a decision. But you're going to have to choose beforehand because if you don't choose beforehand, you'll go. You'll go. It worked. Decide to do right. At school, decide to do right. Your students, decide to do right. Thank God for those in my school 
I think of a man by the name of Warren Martin, who was my choir director. During Fine Arts, I was watching our kids sing, and I started to tear up. I, started, I thought about Warren Martin, Mr. Warren Martin, in public school. He tried to point us kids to Jesus Christ. We all thought he was weird, strange, out of his mind. That man helped. His, his life was seed to me accepting Christ as my Savior. So thankful for him. Young man named Tim. Nobody liked him. He invited me to church, invited me to church, invited me to church. He was faithful and invited me to church. And I would, I didn't want to go. And I said no and lied to him and, and didn't want to be there. And, but he was part of his life was seed to me coming to Christ. Be faithful. Be faithful at church. Decide to do right. Decide to show up. Decide to support your pastor. Love him. Be loyal to him. Trust the word of God. Do right. Man, it's so easy to fluctuate. When you go through hardships and pains and sorrows, and you're oppressed, you're persecuted, talked evil about, what are you going to do? How are you and I going to respond? We see the reality of persecution. I will be persecuted. Well, the Bible said, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. That means seriously insult. Literally cast in one's teeth. Verbally abuse you. Paul the Apostle sent a stern letter to the church at Corinth. Divisions. He wrote about divisions in the church. Immorality in the church. False teaching in the church. Lack of love in the church. And he wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, 15, And I will be gladly spend and be spent for you, for though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Hey, when you, when, you, when you speak the truth and speak in love, sometimes folks don't respond so well. Jesus was the greatest example, of course, of this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, I love this, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. One of the best things to do when you're going through trouble is just bear it. Realizing that Jesus, he, he bore it. He who had power all of, all, through, of all things committed himself to him that judges righteously. They persecute you. That means they chase after you. They harm you, abuse you. During the Roman Empire, Nero wrapped Christians in pitch and set them afire and used them as living torches to light his gardens for parties. He sewed them in skins of wild animals and sent his hunting dogs upon them to tear them to death. You and I suffered anything like that? I've never shed any blood for Jesus Christ in 27 years of being Christian. But days may come in the future where I might. The Middle Ages. I encourage you to read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Learn of the life of men like Wycliffe. Learn of the life of a man by the name of Tyndale. Without, the, without Tyndale, where would we be? We have the, the blood of Tyndale is on this Bible here. He was a man younger than I am, in his early 40s, who was choked to death and burned at the stake because he wanted to get the English Bible into the hands of people. That's all he wanted. He wanted people to read the Bible for themselves. Because at the time... It was chained to a pulpit and it was in Latin that people couldn't understand it. Oh, today, according to the publication, The Voice of the Martyrs, 
an average of 300 people are martyred for Jesus Christ today. Today. They shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Slander. Hey, they did it to John the Baptist, didn't they? Matthew chapter 18, 11, verse 18. They did it against Jesus. They called him a gluttonous, a wine-bibber, a friend of sinners, a publican, a blasphemer. If they did it to Jesus, what do you think they'll do to us? If they did it in the green tree, what do you think they're going to do in the dry? When you choose to do right, people sometimes will slander you because of hate, envy. They despise the light, 1 Peter 3.16. But having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you your good because of your good conversation in Christ. People may say, like they said of Daniel, man, Daniel, we can't find anything bad about him. Why? The only thing we can find about Daniel is that he prays. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. What if they said it about us? Well, I can't find anything. I can't find one thing about the man. He's in church all the time. He's telling people about Jesus all the time. He shows up the door, door all the time. He, he's living for Jesus. Man, he, he's seriously trying to serve God. Whoa, what if that was the worst thing they could say about us? I love what Charles Spurgeon says, though, in Contrivise. He says, if any man think ill of you, do not be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. That's the reality. We know ourselves, and sometimes reality is we worse, we're worse than what people think we are. What is our response to persecution? Because you and I can't really do a whole lot about uh, those who may, who may struggle, who may who persecute us. But how do we respond to it? Because it, it is the response that really matters. Because it's easy to just run and hide, isn't it? When, it, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through hardship, it's easy to say, well, let's just quit. That's what the devil ex- ex- wants you to do, right? He wants you just to give up and quit. Man, it's, it's going, it's tough at work. Boss won't let me off a Sunday morning or Wednesday or, or I, I, can't, I can't share my faith or, or, or this or that. You struggle or at home is, is tense. We're arguing, we're fighting. What do I do? I just run, I just throw it down and quit and run to the hills. Get on my Harley and go north as far as I can. The credit card runs out. That wouldn't take long, some of us. No. Get revenge. Vengeance is I, saith Marty. No. No, don't get revenge. That's what your flesh wants to do. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That's easy to quote, easy to preach, but hard to live. Hard to live. Jesus commanded it. How we respond to persecution? The Bible tells us here in verse verse 12, rejoice. What? You mean don't run? You mean don't flee? You mean don't quit? You mean don't get revenge? No, he said rejoice and be exceedingly glad. What? That means that's opposite. That blows my mind. Jesus said, don't run, don't get mad, don't quit, don't fight, don't fuss, don't argue. Get glad. Get happy. I mean, don't just get a little happy. Get exceedingly glad. Wow. Why? Because your reward is great. Your reward is great in heaven. 
Praise God for that. Mark 10, 29, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospel. But you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. 2 Timothy 2.12, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Those before us were persecuted as well. You see, there's a great reward. We have to recognize that those before us, they went through persecution and they are being rewarded as we speak. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.36, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, been destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Oh, as I read the Bible, I am so encouraged by men who stood by the stuff, who did right, who decided, who chose the narrow way. Oh, it's easy to go the other way, right? When you and I are squeezed, when we're pressured, we come under fire, tribulation, persecution, it's easy just to go the other way. What did Jesus say? John 15, 18, If the world hate ye, you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were the world, the world would have loved love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Get used to the world hating you. You're strange. You're in church on Sunday morning. Get used to the world hating you. You're peculiar. You're teaching your kids about the Bible. That God created the world. Not some big bang or some come from some monkey. Hey, you stand up and say homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin, actually. And all this transgender stuff is crazy. You stand up and say the Bible is the word of God. Jesus is God. I believe he's coming back and I believe I'll be in heaven forever. You actually believe this stuff. And you try to live it. And because of that, people are going to say, are you crazy? Man, when Party Hardy Marty came to get, got saved, they said, Marty, are you crazy? What have you gone? Have you gone nuts? Are you on a trip? Have you taken too, have you drank too much? Have you smoked too much? What have you done? I said, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I didn't understand it, and I don't understand it all the day myself still. But I know He's real, and I believe it. Hey, folks, if you're going to live and you and I are going to live as salt and light in this wicked and perverse generation, our, salt, our saltiness will sting their wounds of sin. The light of Christ in our lives will hurt their eyes. They won't like it. Folks won't like it. Folks won't like it. But you know what? We ought to live like those three Hebrew children. I don't know why we call them children because they were really men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament. When everybody else was bowing down to the golden statue, they said, we're going to not bow down. 
Everybody around you, your friends, your neighbors, your family may say, bow down. Bow down to this culture and live like us. We won't accept you. Guys, you don't have to be liked. Can we get that? You may, you may not like, like, in fact, you may be very much not liked in your workplace. Now, I'm not saying go around and act like some type of crazy person, some Scrooge, so everybody won't like you. I'm not saying that at all. Because we as Christians should be loving. We should be kind, right? we got to stand up. We speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love. But those three, those three young men, hey, they had to go the, through the fire. But Jesus was with them in the midst of the fire. And brother and sister in Christ, Jesus will be with you too. Sometimes, though, he may allow us to go through the fire. Sometimes we may actually get burned. But no matter what it is, I trust God. And I believe he's good. No matter what the outcome. Stand up, Christian businessman. Stand on the principles of this book, even though you may be tempted to compromise just to make another buck. Stand up, men, husbands. Be leaders of your home. Don't let the wife lead in spiritual things. You choose to turn off the TV and have family devotions once in a while. How about that? You say, we're going to church today. We're going to church tonight. We're coming. We're going to do what's right. And when you are wrong, as I have been wrong a hundred times, thousand times, get up in front of the whole family and say, I was wrong. Forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. I was too mean. I was too impatient. I was too, I was, and just say it. Forget your pride. Forget your arrogance. Don't beat your chest so much. Do right. Stand up, ladies, wives. Help and encourage your husband. He's going to be wrong sometimes. Follow him. Respect him. Love him. Honor. Obey him. And if he chooses not to do right, you do right anyways. Teens, obey your parents. The Bible says we're supposed to honor our father and our mother. That's just not when we're kids. That's, that's our whole lives. That's from birth to death. Young folks, honor your parents. Stand for God in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. Christians, tell the world about Jesus, though they may stop their ears and not want to listen to you because you may be the only Bible they ever read. Live for God. No, you're not perfect. And again, if you fail in front of them, admit it. Admit it. Admit it. There's a heaven to be won and a hell to be shunned. Friends, are we going to stand for Jesus? If we don't stand for Jesus now, what are our kids going to have and grandkids? You say, Marty, America is gone. It, it, it's over. It may be. But you know what? I'm going to stand up for God and live for him in this wicked and perverse generation. So when I see George Washington, I don't have to apologize and, say him, and tell him, hey, I didn't do anything for America. I see those men of God who stood up and founded this country. I don't want to apologize to them and say, well, I didn't try to live for you in this country that you helped found. I want to be like a man named Christostom, a great Christian of the fourth century. He was summoned before the Roman emperor, threatened for a banishment. If he didn't cease to proclaim the name of Jesus, this emperor said, this emperor 
He's going to say, you're banished. You're going to be gone. Mr. Austin replied, sir, you cannot banish me for the world is my father's house. Then I will slay you, exclaimed the angered emperor. Nay, but you cannot, for my life is hid with Christ in God. Your treasures will be confiscated, came the fiery retort. Sir, that cannot be. My treasures are in heaven where none can break through and steal. But I will drive you from men, and you will have no friends left. They cannot do that either. For I have a friend in heaven who has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> hey, they can defriend you on Facebook, but Jesus never will. Thank God for that. Ultimately, he was banished to the edge of Armenia. But he continued to influence his friends by letters that his enemies, his enemies determined to banish him even further until eventually he died. Oh, folks, everybody talks about wanting to be like Jesus. They want the crowns, the hosannas. So they do, they really, but do you really want the cross? Think about how they treated him. Yet he endured it. Why? Because he loved us. He loved us. He loved us. He loved us so much he was willing to die on that old rugged cross, shed his blood. He resurrected the third day so each one of us could have everlasting life. Do you really want to be like Jesus? Are you really ready to bear his cross? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to serve you. These past years, really, we've suffered so little for your name. We think about the men in the Bible like Paul, Peter. Men were beheaded, executed, crucified. Think about all our dear brothers and sisters who went before us, who sailed through bloody seas. What a privilege just to be called a Christian. What a privilege just to be called a Christian. All the days ahead, ahead of us, Lord, help us to stand for you. The days in America may be the darkest in its whole history, but God, I pray that you'd help Gospel Baptist Church and the members of Gospel Baptist Church to stand on the Word of God, to proclaim the truth that Jesus saves, Jesus saves, no matter what may come our way. They may close us down, try to burn our books, persecute us, whatever that may come. Help us to stay good and faithful to the end. I pray in Jesus' name.